Coming up, D-backs take two out of three against the Colorado Rockies, and Alec Thomas makes his debut. We're discussing all of it for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Support us by supporting our sponsors, please. But as I mentioned, the D backs take two out of three against the Colorado Rockies. It was a great series win by the D-backs. We had Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies on the pod on Friday to do a little preview of this series because Paul and I have a little rivalry going with our two respective ball clubs. He's doing the Rockies. I'm doing the D-backs, two NL two NL West rival podcast hosts. So, you know, we wanted this to be a, a friendly series between us. We have like a little friendly rivalry going on. So I really want the D-backs to beat the Rockies because I really want to stick it to Paul Holden. And we both just kind of feel like, you know, each of our teams are better in our respective division because I feel like the D-backs are going to finish with a better record than the Rockies. And he thinks the vice versa of that, which I think is just ridiculous because I think we saw in this series why I believe the D-backs are a better team than the Colorado Rockies. And I told, I told pal, <laughs> I almost called him pal. I told Paul how this series was going to go down. I told him what was going to happen because I told him the D-backs were going to win two out of the three games against the Colorado Rockies. He thought it was going to be the other way, of course, which I don't, you know, I'm not surprised to see. But since the Rockies were one of the best offenses in baseball coming into this sport, they, if you looked at the NL stats, for team stats, the Rockies were like top three in almost every team stat, you know, runs, RBIs, uh, average, OPS. The Rockies were at the top of pretty much everything. A team that was at the bottom of almost everything was the D-backs and their offense. And we know that we've talked about that ad nauseum on the pod. But one interesting thing about these two teams was we all know the Rockies are a team that's not good at home or excuse me, not good on the road. They're a great team at home. They're one of the best teams at home in baseball the last few years, but the Rockies were so bad on the road last year that if they were basically middle of the pack when it comes to road record last season, they would have been like a 95 win team, but they're so bad on the road that their offense usually just doesn't seem to travel on the road for some reason. The D-backs this season, 
They're a team that's been better on the road than at home. So it felt like one of these two things had to give. Either the Rockies were going to come in with their hot offense and keep it going on the road, or the D-backs were maybe going to struggle a little bit at home and maybe not put up enough runs. Or maybe the D-backs finally break out of their slumps at home, the bats come alive, and the Rockies are the team that kind of looks exposed. Because I think the latter is what happened because the Rockies came in with that hot offense. And like I tall, like I don't know why, tall and Paul, all the words keep getting confused in my head. Like I told Paul Holden that I said the D-backs are going to win two of these three games. He said the Rockies were going to win two of the three games. And he thought it was going to be high scoring. That was the difference between our two analysis. He thought it was going to be high scoring the Rockies win two out of three games because of how his offense has looked all season. But as the D-backs guy, I was like, you know, this pitching for the D-backs staff has been phenomenal. And I feel like the Rockies are going to come in here. I think the D-backs are going to win Merrill Kelly's start. I think the D-backs are going to win Zach Allen's start. I think these are going to be a lot of 4-2, 3-2 ball games that the D-backs end up winning in. That was my prediction on record on Friday. And now you look at this series and you're like, that that's basically what happened. Like, this wasn't a very high-scoring series. The D-backs are able to get some clutch hits throughout the, this weekend on Friday specifically. The, the Magic came alive again, uh, you know, Saturday night, but the bullpen imploded in that one, of course. And then Sundays, I mean... Sunday's game, you had offense early, but wasn't an offensive explosion. The D-backs won 4-0. So overall, this was a very low-scoring series, and it was the kind of series that the D-backs have been playing the last couple weeks. I mean, their offense was better against Miami, I guess, but overall in the season, when the D-backs have been winning games, it's been a lot of 3-2 ball games, 3-0 ball games. It's been because this pitching staff, specifically the starting pitching, has been so good for this D-backs team that you feel like when they get a 2 or 3-0 lead, the D-backs have a very good chance of winning the that game. And they just need a good performance from their bullpen to shut it down because the D-backs can have a whole bunch of shutouts this season if they want to. They could have had a shutout Saturday night and they could have swept the Colorado Rockies. Imagine that. Imagine if we woke up Sunday morning or imagine we woke up Monday morning assuming the D-backs still win Zach Allen's star on Sunday and they just swept the Colorado Rockies. They just swept the Miami Marlins. They're on a six-game winning streak. Think about how we would talk about the D-backs because even though that didn't happen, I still think we should probably talk about them in the same kind of light because... They still have won nine of their last 12 games. They still win against the Colorado Rockies team who has been better than the D-backs this season in terms of record and has been so great offensively, but I never trusted them going into this series. And when you actually look at who's had a tougher schedule so far this year, who's played a tougher schedule, if you go on Power Rankings Guru, he has a strength of schedule metric. And the D-backs heading into this Rockies series face the toughest, the second toughest strength of schedule so far this season. They face more above 500 teams than any other team in Major League Baseball. They were 11-11 and 11 in those games. They were a 500 team against 500 or better teams. So the D-backs were holding their ground against some of the best teams in baseball. They beat the Dodgers. They held their ground against the Mets, even though I think they lost that series. They split with the St. Louis Cardinals. They swept the Miami Marlins. So the D-backs have been playing good opponents all season. Meanwhile, Colorado Rockies... They were like 2-1 and one entering, the season, uh, entering the series against teams with above 500 record. They just haven't done it a lot this season. So I felt like this series could maybe potentially expose the Rockies because I didn't feel like they were battle-tested. Paul probably felt like, hey, if you want to be a legit potential wildcard team at the end of the season, then the bad teams are the ones you got to beat. And the Rockies were doing a great job of beating bad teams all season. I'll give the Rockies credit. One of the reasons why their record is so good right now is because they were beating bad teams all year. But guess what? Guess what, Rockies fans? The D-backs are not a bad team. I never felt like they were going to be a wild card team. I never had expectations like that. But 
I told everyone in the offseason, I've been banging it at the start of the season. I believe the D-backs are going to hit their over total for their over under if you went off bet on if you went off bet online and their um over under totals for the D-backs which were around like 72 wins I think somewhere around that. I said it might have been even lower than that to be honest. I think it might have been like 69 to 70 wins for the D-backs that bet online had um for their over under on win totals for the year. So if it was around 70 wins for the D-backs their over under, I'm taking the over because I said repeatedly off season the start of the season, I believe the D-backs could win 75 to probably around 75 games. I said 74 to 76 is right around the sweet spot I think that the D-backs could get to. And some people thought that might have been crazy because they won 52 games last year. They were arguably the worst team in baseball last season. And going from 52 to like 74, 75 wins, that's like a 23 win increase. And I thought they were going to be able to do it because of the Brent Strom effect. I thought you were going to get complete seasons from guys like Zach Gallen and Ketel Marte. I thought you would just get some bounce back years from guys like uh, David Peralta and Christian Walker. And a lot of that's been true. They've gotten bounce back seasons. The pitching has been way better than we've expected. And now you look at this D-backs team and you're like, I still don't feel like they're a playoff team, but I do feel like this could be a pretty fun season. You wonder whether the rotation can regress to the mean, but that's hard to believe with a Brent Strom. Now that the offense is starting to pick up as well, um, I mean, we really didn't even talk about Sunday's game because I do want to hit it real quick because Zach Allen on Sunday, he looked great. He's someone that been an ace for the D-backs those first couple years, injured last season. So he's kind of entering back into that spotlight as the number one starter for this D-back team and kind of entering the conversation, I think, in Major League Baseball as one of those tier one starters because I don't think he gets talked about enough like that, but he's starting to really put his name on the map with the way he's been pitching this season. A .95 ERA after Sunday start, seven innings, no walks, seven strikeouts, no earned runs, a phenomenal start by Zach Gallen. He had Ketel Marte go three for four as well. And he's someone that's heating up finally above the Mendoza line, 206 average now for Ketel Marte. He's on a nine game hitting streak. And I just think overall from this series, the offense was able to get clutch hits. The pitching, the starters specifically look great. I love what the D-backs were able to do in Sunday's game and overall from the series. And I want to talk a little bit more about Saturday's game in the state of the D-backs right now with Alec Thomas coming in because we didn't even talk about Alec Thomas. I didn't even bring him up. The the number one prospect for the D-backs in their organization, I didn't even discuss him. So we're going to be discussing him more in segment number three. And I'm hoping to do a big crossover with Lindsey Crosby for Tuesday's episode about Alec Thomas. So we're going to hit him more later on this pod because we didn't even bring him up. I mean, he had a double, ended up scoring in this game as well. So great debut by Alec Thomas. I'm really excited to see what he can do in the D-backs uniform. So we'll definitely talk about him later in the pod. But if you want to bet on Alex Thomas to maybe win the Rookie of the Year, you need to go to BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get back into the podcast because 
I do want to discuss a little bit about the pitching in Saturday night's game because Saturday night, I was at the D-backs game Saturday, so I'm sorry if that's the reason why the D-backs lost because I've been to three D-backs games this year and the D-backs are 0-3 in those games. I think I've been to two Zach Davies starts this season and it's tough. I wish uh, the D-backs got that win on Saturday because Zach Davies was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he pitches this pitch into the seventh inning. I thought he was doing a great job of dotting up the corners. I thought that singer ball changeup combo was Really nasty on Saturday. I thought he was just doing a great job of just locating and just really his command. I mean, his command was a little shaky in those first couple starts of the season. His command was a little shaky against the L.A. Dodgers. But on Saturday night against this Colorado Rockies team, his command looked great. And he was really locked in. So I was really disappointed that Zach Davies wasn't able to get the win because Saturday night felt very deja vu-ish to Friday night where your starter pitches basically the whole game. Kelly went a lot deeper than Zach Davies did, and we won't really get a chance to talk about Friday's game on this pod too much, but shout out Merrill Kelly because, again, fantastic start. Like, I love Zach Gallon. He's my he's my favorite pitcher. He's the guy I would eventually want to see a Cy Young from this rotation, but Merrill Kelly might be the guy who's number one right now in that Cy Young award race in the National League, him or Pablo Lopez, because Merrill Kelly's been so good this season, and I love Zach Gallon, but right now Merrill Kelly is... Pitching like the Cy Young Award winner in the NL. And if Gallon and Kelly could finish top three, top four in Cy Young voting, I think that would be so cool. And Madison Bumgarner might be on that ballot too. Uh, a little sneaky Madison Bumgarner addition on the Cy Young Award voting ballot. So right now this rotation is looking so dominant. Merrill Kelly on Friday, almost a complete game shutout. Um, he allowed the one base runner. Once he allowed the second base runner, I mean, Tori Lovello was nice enough to keep him in. After he got one base runner on, once he got that second one on, it was over for Merrill Kelly. And luckily, the D-backs were able to shut it down. Saturday night, the bullpen was not able to help out Zach Davies because they just completely imploded in the ninth inning. Now, it was only a one nothing ball game, so it wasn't like it was D-backs. It wasn't like the Philadelphia Phillies being up, what, 7-1 to one in the ninth inning and then imploding? No, it was only a one nothing ball game. And... The D-backs really probably should have been up 2-0 uh, entering that ninth just because Nick Ahmed has to do more than just hit a ground uh, a ground out double play with the bases loaded and one out. You just can't do that if you're Nick Ahmed. So the D-backs probably should have gotten at least one more run in that eighth inning. But it was kind of deja vu-ish to the night before because your starter pitches deep into the ball game. And again, the eighth inning is where you kind of attack and Put runs on the board because the D-backs were tied entering the eighth inning Saturday night, and then they were able to get some runs. And then, unfortunately, they weren't able to get more than just one run because that Nick Ahmed double play. But I still felt like the D-backs were going to walk away with the win. But Mark Melanson, I mean, he came in and was giving up base hits. I think he started the ninth inning with back-to-back -back base hits. They were able to get an out. Uh, the dude that came up to bat, he had a 344 average. My homie was like, I think he's going to get a base hit here off Mark Melanson. Just looking at his average, he's been so good this season. Looking at the D-backs lineup compared to the guy who's at the plate, he's got a bad, better average than this whole D-backs squad right now. So why should I not believe this guy's about to score off Mark Melanson? And that's exactly what happened. I believe it was Yandy Diaz, I believe is his name. So it was very tough to see Mark Melanson implode. And then after that, I mean, maybe the defense could have bailed him out a little bit, but those are some, some tough defensive plays that um, the infield had to make for Mark Melanson to get out the inning. I don't know if it was going to be able to get done because that was some hard contact that Mark Melanson was letting up. So uh, it was tough to see that implosion Saturday night because of how the starters have been pitching uh, recently, like if you look at the starters over their last nine starts, this is the D-back starting rotation over the last nine starts, starting with Zach Allen on Sunday. 
Gallon, seven innings, zero earned runs. Davey, six and a one, six and one third innings pitch, zero earned runs. Kelly, eight and two thirds, one earned run. Bumgarner, one innings pitch, one earned run. We won't count that one. Castellanos, five and two thirds, zero earned runs. Gallon, six and one third, two earned runs. Davies, five innings, zero earned runs. Kelly, seven innings, zero earned runs. Bumgarner, five innings, one earned run. That's the last nine starts for the D-backs rotation. In total, 52 innings pitch, five earned runs, 0.87 ERA. Thank you, D-backs, facts, and stats. The D-backs rotation has been nasty. It's been the brunt strom effect. And right now, with the offense starting to heat up because the D-backs offense recently has been getting better. And one person who's been a catalyst in that offense has been Ketel Marte, who I mentioned before. He was huge on Sunday, nine-game hitting streak. And Ketel Marte, over his last seven days, which is only five games, 21 play appearances, he's got six hits, but three doubles, three extra base hits. He's also got a triple in there as well. Five walks to just four strikeouts. Ketel Marte is starting to heat up over the last couple weeks. His OPS is up to 747, which is a lot better considering um, it was at it was like 550 before this series. Over the last two weeks, it's almost 800, and it should be even better after Sunday's game. So I like Ketel Marte heating up for this team because the offense is starting to heat up as well because of Ketel Marte. If you look at the D-backs offense over the last seven days, so that's six games during that span. The D-backs offense is batting 228 with the 779 OPS. The D-backs really, if you look at their stats. Uh, their team stats. The most concerning thing about the D-backs is they're basically a three-true outcome team in the National League. If you look at the D-back stats, they're like top two in walks, strikeouts, and home runs, or like top three in all those stats in the National League. So that's probably the biggest concern when it comes to the D-backs, that they probably do too much of three-true outcome. And it would be nice if they got some more men on the bases because a lot of those Home runs that the D-backs hit end up being solo shots, which don't lead to enough crooked numbers on the scorecard. But again, the D-backs Saturday night, I thought they had a chance to win. I think it would be I think it's really frustrating that they lost that game, but it was just another sign of the starting rotation being dominant. The offense didn't show up that day, but neither did the Rockies offense until that last inning. So it felt kind of BS-ish, uh BS-ish, if that's a word. Um, I don't want to cuss on the pod. Hopefully, Mark Melanson could get it together because, I mean, he had a one-something ERA entering the ninth inning, but the whole season, Mark Melanson, even though his ERA's been good, he has felt kind of shaky out there. It hasn't felt like shut down Mark Melanson when he goes out there on the mound. I mean, outside of that, like, save against the Dodgers where it was like a six-pitch inning, most of these starts, uh, most of these save opportunities for Mark Melanson, he might give up a base hit or two. Maybe he gives up one hit and then allows a walk, and then there's two on with two outs, and he's always making you sweat a little bit makes you get anxious but that was really the first time Saturday night where he really blew the game so you don't like to see that but overall the closing situation shouldn't be too much of a concern I think the D-backs do have some interesting options with man man to play and maybe Kyle Nelson if they feel like going in that direction as well Ian Kennedy could be used as a closer but I don't trust him that much either so D-backs implodes Saturday night from their bullpen but at least it was another great um, start by Zach Davies, who has looked pretty solid as a back-end starter. I mean, if Zach Davies is pitching like that as your number four, number five, with Bumgarner, Kelly, and Gallon doing what they're doing, this Z-backs team is going to win a lot of games if they could get league average offense. So I was kind of impressed Saturday night with about 90% of the game, and then once we got to the ninth inning, I was very depressed. But overall, interesting game Saturday night by the D-backs, and I wish they could have pulled it out. 
Now, I want to talk about the state of the D-backs and how Alec Thomas might be a boost to the lineup. But if you need a boost to start your day, you should try a Built Bar because Built Bars are the new protein bar that tastes like candy bars but aren't because Built Bars tricks you. You think that you're eating a candy bar when in reality, you're actually eating something super healthy for you. A protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for the keto diet. Covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. The reason why I love Built Bar is because I have a sweet tooth. I don't have to worry about that when it comes to Built Bar. It's not a candy. It's a protein bar. Remember that. So you can eat as many as you want. And you don't have to feel guilty afterwards. And it's great for a keto diet. So just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you can get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's just do a little discussion about the state of the D-backs because the D-backs called up their top prospect in their system in Alec Thomas. And that was something I didn't expect to see when I woke up uh, Saturday morning because Alec Thomas, I mean, he's been killing it in AAA for the D-backs. And I mean, if you look at MLB.com, his ETA for making it to Major League Baseball was 2022. So I'm not entirely surprised that the D-backs called him up. I'm just surprised it's, you know, the second month of the season they're calling him up because I didn't think they were going to do it this soon. I mean, their outfield is already pretty stacked with a lot of bats. I mean, you got Hummel, you got Luplo, you got Paven Smith, you got David Peralta, you got Dalton Varsho. That's five. You could you could put Josh Rojas out there if you want. That's six. So I, I was a little surprised to see him just because I already felt like there were so many bodies out there. But... I'm very excited to see Alec Thomas because this is someone who has a different level of ceiling than most of these D-backs players. And when you add him to this lineup with a Josh Rojas, Ketel Morte now heating up, Dalton Varsho doing Dalton Varsho things, Christian Walker hitting bombs. You look at this D-backs lineup now and you're like, this team is deep. It is long. Maybe the talent is not there of a Dodgers or a Yankees or one of these superstar teams, but you look at this lineup now and you're like, this team should be able to score runs. If this team can't score four to five runs a game consistently, this team is, uh, once again, not going to be anywhere near the postseason, and I'm not sure they're going to be near the postseason if they do average four to five runs a game, but assuming they could get league average offense, I would like to think that they could be around 75 wins, like I've been saying, and hit their over and the over-under for their total on the season because the offense has been the biggest issue this season. Yes, we've seen the bullpen get shaky and implode recently, but the offense to me, the lack of coming through at runners and scoring position, the lack of creating offense early. I know they did it Sunday, but a lot of times the games are like how they went Saturday. Like, seriously, go look at the numbers for the D-backs in the 8th and ninth inning. Like 70% of their runs this season have come in the last two innings of the ball game. The eighth inning, the eighth inning magic, I don't know what it is, but the D-backs love to get all their clutch hits in the eighth inning, and that's what they did Friday night, that's what they did Saturday night. They didn't have to do it Sunday, but their offense, they need to not just do it in one inning. They have to spread it out, maybe do a three-run second inning, and then maybe a couple more in the fourth inning, maybe one run in the seventh inning. They have to do a better job of getting 
uh, of spreading out their offense and really getting runners on the bases. I do like their aggressiveness once they get runners on the bases because it's been an area we haven't seen too much from the D-backs. Like, the D-backs the last couple of years really haven't stolen bases, and maybe it's the lack of athletes that they've had on their squad. They used to have Timmy LaCastro, but outside of him, it wasn't like they had a ton of uh, athletes on their roster. But now you look at this D-backs roster, and they're sending guys like Jordan Luplo to steal bases. David Peralta got thrown out. I don't mind their aggressiveness. I don't mind the, the small ball nature of what the D-backs are trying to do because their offense just doesn't create enough opportunities. And they've been able to come through with the big knocks like home runs because, like I said before, they're three true outcome teams. So even though they can't draw walks, they never seem to draw a walk the same inning that they hit a home run, which is annoying. But... Now that you have Alec Thomas and Josh Rojas in this lineup, I think it could just stretch out the lineup so much and really change the complexion of this team because Alec Thomas is someone who has, I don't know if he has legit over-the-fence power. I don't think he's a 30-home run guy. We'll see when we talk to Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects tomorrow what he thinks his exact profile and ceiling is. But Alec Thomas should be a big doubles guy at the very least. We saw him hit a double off the wall today. I think... That's going to be more of Alec Thomas's game in the gap. Double, 15 to 20 home runs, 35 to 45 doubles. He's still going to be hitting a lot of extra base hits. Maybe he could be top eight-ish in the National League extra base hits. He's going to be adding a speed component to the D-backs lineup as well. Maybe still 20-plus bags. And when you add that athleticism to the lineup with the athletes the D-backs already have, like I said before, their aggressiveness on the base paths, you got Dalton Varsho, you got Geraldo Perdomo, you got Alec Thomas, you see what Jordan Luplo's doing, you got uh, Ketel Marte's not slow, Nick Ahmed's not slow, like, there's a bunch of guys here who may not just be able to steal a stolen base, but at least go from first to third, score from second base pretty easily. You could just be a lot more aggressive on the base pass and put your team in better scoring opportunities and chances because of the athletes you now have on your team. And with Josh Rojas also in the mix, I think it just increases the offensive ceiling of this team. I think with Alec Thomas in the mix, it increases the offensive ceiling on this team. And you got the rotation doing what they're doing. Overall, the lineup is now finally starting to come together. Um, at the beginning of the season, I thought Tori Lovello, hey, he still does sometimes where he focuses too he focuses too much on, you know, that righty versus lefty cross matchup, really trying to get the advantage in the lineup, which I respect to a fault. But also, you need to sometimes just keep your hot hitters in the lineup. You need to sometimes just keep the best players in the lineup. And he still likes to sit players who are hot when he thinks the pitching matchup is, you know, more of an advantage for the guy who's on the bench. But I think eventually they will get to a better understanding of who they want to play, you know, in certain moments and maybe not worry too much about who's actually pitching. Maybe just say, hey, Alec Thomas is our third best player. I don't care if there's a righty or a lefty on the mound. Alec Thomas is going to be out there. And we'll see if Tori Lovello can finally commit to that kind of line of thinking. Uh, someone like Seth Beer, I think, is going to take maybe a step back. He's been really struggling the last month. And so maybe not the last month, but the last couple of weeks. So I think he's going to start to fall back a little bit in terms of playing time for this D-back squad because Christian Walker is hitting bombs. Paven Smith has been playing so well. I think he's kind of taking Seth Beer's job because if you need a, a, a lefty first baseman to platoon with Christian Walker, you could do Paven Smith now and put Alec Thomas in right field. There's so many combinations the D-backs could do. I mean, you could put Josh Rojas in the outfield if you want to get really defensive heavy with Perdomo and Nick Ahmed on the left side of the infield. 
could put Alec Thomas in the outfield with Dalton Varsho and David Peralta and Christian Walker uh, and uh, Peyton Smith at first base instead of Christian Walker. Really go lefty heavy. There's just so many combinations that the D-backs have now with their lineup that should be able to score more runs. Alec Thomas, what he's going to be able to do in this lineup eventually, I think he'll be moving closer to the top of the lineup. I would love to see him, Dalton Varsho and Ketel Marte, you know, two, three, four, or one, two, three in my, you know, at the top of my lineup. Like the idea of maybe a, a game starting off with Varsho, Thomas, and then Ketel Marte, or Thomas, Varsho, Ketel Marte, or Thomas, Marte, Varsho. I don't know what the, the combination you want to do, but something like that really excites me. And then Alec Thomas is already here. Could we see another Reno ace, maybe in Corbin Carroll, be called up later in the season as well to add an influx of infusion and uh, young talent to this team. Maybe, but right now, I'm going to be happy with Alec Thomas. I want to see what he can do. He already made a pretty nice impact on Sunday. We already got to see some of the potential. So you add him to this lineup with Ketel Marte heating up with what Dalton Varsho is doing, Christian Walker sitting bombs. The rotation is looking stacked. We're going to have to go out there at the deadline and maybe buy a couple of relievers, but... Don't sleep on this D-backs team. I'm not making any proclamations. I'm not saying they're making the postseason, but I will say they're hitting their over on their season win totals. And watch out for this team to be in the wild card mix as we enter the final couple months of the season. I'm not saying they're making a playoff run. I'm just saying they're going to be playing spoiler and make you at least check those standings to see how far they're away from you know from uh, making a wild card. I think it's going to be like... Uh, Mid-August, you're going to be like, huh, D-backs are four and a half back. Maybe I should, you know, keep looking at these standings and seeing if they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think it will happen, but I think the D-backs are going to be just enough within striking distance of making the postseason where you're like, all right, D-backs, at least this is a competitive season, and I'm locked into watching every game, and the season's not over after two months like it was last year. And at that point, we're just playing for records to – we're playing for bad records. We're playing for the all-time road losing streak record, so we could get put bit publicity but not um positive pr so thank you d-backs for bringing up alec thomas because it's a fun time and i think against his miami marlins we just swept them now we got alec thomas on this team i would love to see what the offense could do now because the offense really start to heat up against the miami marlins and hopefully can do even more damage this week with now alec thomas on the roster who we will talk about more tomorrow on the pod with Lindsey Crosby of Lockdown MLB Prospects. And I want him to do a power ranking with me on five other D-backs players he think can make an impact this season for the squad. So it's going to be a fun pod tomorrow. So come back for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Lockdown MLB Prospects with your pal Sully, my pal too. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!